track one repeats. Can you hear me? Over. Hello and welcome to the Track One Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Colin. Hi Colin, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. Uh, very excited for the weekend. We've, uh, we're both heading to Warp in Manchester. Yeah, we are. Yeah, no, last year was um, really, really good. Really high energy, like the, you know, uh, great fans, great guests, really funny, um, really well done. So this year, it's all the same. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to that. Um, but today we're going to talk about the 10th Doctor story, Death and the Queen from Big Finish, which is released on vinyl today. Uh, first of all, though, we've had some fantastic news this week that season 26 is going to get the Blu-ray treatment and be released in December, so a couple of days before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, we're just, I think they're getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but... Um, I got a, a Leisure High replacement disc through the post the other day, and I was like, did I even order this, or did they do this normally now? Um, but uh, there's they, more, more and more stuff, and the stuff that really um, interests me is when they, they start to extend the episodes, which they're doing for trial. Uh, and Mark Ayres has just gone full on again and done 5.1 for everything. Mm. So, um, there's rumors of um, a VFI screening as well, of Henrik, I think. Yeah, I think that's been announced today. Um, yeah, Cursor Fenric um, is yeah he's getting the BFI treatment, which is probably my favourite classic Doctor Who story. Oh, it's vying for first place, depending on the day of the week. Anyway, it is good. Yeah, it has everything going for it. Um, Nicholas Parsons mainly. Yeah, um, classic. Yeah, classic. it's it's one I've got really vivid memories of watching when I was about ten as well. Um, just remember the the cliffhangers. The just one of the all time great cliffhangers is uh, is when Judson's been possessed and says the yeah. we play the game again, Time Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Get yeah. hairs on the back of my neck standing up every time I see it. Oh, I'm going to get now. Um, it, it it's one of those. It, oh, again, it's just like season twenty six, one twenty five and twenty six, where it was just accelerating again towards like some greatness. Mm. And driven greatness. Um, so I, I, I love season twenty six, and you know, Battlefield is a guilty pleasure, but it's great. You know, um, it's, you know, two brigadiers. What else can you ask for? Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, and and the novel as well adds so much to that one. The novelization is uh, um, is absolutely brilliant. I guess we should talk about the um, the trailer with Sophie. <laughs> Yeah, I only only saw that on uh, Wednesday night. I think it had oh, been out kind of a day or two, and then uh, I'd somehow managed to miss it. But absolutely brilliant. Obviously, it picks up from the Sarah Jane Smith adventure that uh, was it Death Death of the Doctor that Russell T Davis wrote. Okay, uh, so uh, bad fan here, but I've still never seen any Sarah Jane adventure. Oh, so. that is does <laughs> some bad fanning. Yeah, hanging yeah. <laughs> up. Uh, so this, um, this is the one that Katie Manning came back for, reprised the role of, of Joe Grant, yeah. gets Sarah Jane Smith and, and Joe Grant meeting. And they talk about what's happened to some of the other companions that they know about who are on Earth. And they mention Ian and Barbara, I think, and Tegan um, and Ace um, as, um, as running a, like a huge charity, uh, which is where we see her. She's, it's like she's in the city of London, isn't she? Um, yeah, uh, looking out over the city, and she's got the the charity, which is Ace, um, a charitable Earth. It's awesome. 
But yeah, and then um, reminiscing about a time, so then you go into a kind of a montage of clips of uh, of all these great stories, and then she hears the TARDIS sound effect again, which is uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. It is brilliant, and uh, it it just made me think. Okay, great trailer for the box set, but um, I want Ace back in on TV. That was yeah. my uh, that was my takeaway. It's like this could work, right? It was so. Uh, I mean, the, what what. I just don't see a reason why not, apart from, you know, well, whatever they work, else they're working on, they've got great companions at the moment. But, um, you know, some of, the, some, of the, um, some of the goodness to come back, why not? Definitely, yeah. Or, or a Sarah Jane Adventures-style spin-off, something like that. Would, uh, um, oh, wow. Yeah, because it's, it's one of those really sad things, obviously, apart from the sadness of Elizabeth Sladen passing away when she did. Um, was that the, the next series of, of Sarah Jane Adventures um, was going to feature Sophie Aldred as a, oh. returning as Ace, um, which would have been a fantastic thing to see. But um, I guess this is the next best thing is seeing um, this trailer. I mean, hope, I'm kind of hoping there's, there's maybe more that's been shot of that that might be on the set. Could be. I just would like, um, like a, 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 you know, she's doing the charity work, but she's also got a side business in blowing things up. Yeah, um, <laughs> she gets hired by the doctor. So, um, but yeah, no, all the all the good stuff, and and you know, highlight obviously for the box set for me is that Janet Fielding's back on the sofa and Sarah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I just you know, Janet Fielding watching Battlefield will be um, highlight. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She's been she's been superb on the uh, the, the one she's done so far. The uh, That'd be really good to see. Yeah, good. Yeah, more to look forward to. And it's only a week or so, a week or two weeks until trial comes out, which I will stop everything for and watch because um, I I love trial with Time Lord. Always have. It's always the the right time for me, and uh, um, just just loved all the atmosphere in Mysterious Planet and the um, the Ultimate Bow. Mm-hmm. Just uh, it. So I can't wait for that. Anyway, unfortunately, yeah. I think it's been delayed until the seventh of October. Oh, really? Okay, well, uh, fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. And I mean, you know, it's good for them. I mean, people talk about, oh no, it's been delayed, or they, they always get delayed. It's like, yeah, there's there's a really a really hard working um, team behind all of these that want to get things right. Um, so let's you know let's let them get them right, and it will be awesome. Definitely, it's a tradition now, isn't it? It's uh... yeah, that's right. Uh, Mention that BFI. Uh, so um, yeah, that, that might still be on, but yeah, I think that would probably still be on for the fourteenth or fifteenth, something like that, um, in September. Have you got a ticket for that one? No, I'm away. I'm ah, away right. uh, Is it which which one is it? The show? And is it the the mysterious planet? I think it's Verboids. Ah, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's the version where they've removed all the trial scenes, but um, that'll make it quite a bit short. I think it's verbal. Anyway, um, we'll see. I'll check that and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes uh, with a link for anybody that's um, that's uh, interested in, in going to see that. And I will. Oh, it's sold out. Sold out. Is it sold out? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It always sells out in about an hour. Right. The regular tickets going on sale. Well, I'll embed the video of the uh, season twenty-six trailer with uh, Sophie Aldred. So, if anybody hasn't seen that, that's absolutely fantastic. I'll um, I'll put that in there as well. Mm. 
So, uh, Death and the Queen, which is today's vinyl release. Um, I think you're a fellow collector of Doctor Who vinyls, is that right? I am, I am. I missed the, the one that was in Sainsbury's, no, no Asda recently. Um, uh, the Creeping Death. That's it. I didn't get up in time, and I, <laughs> I got there, and um, they, they've obviously gone, um, let's do some green vinyl, what's the green retailer, um, Asda, and work with them on it. Um, <laughs> I'd like it. Uh, and then it was just a little the price sticker on the shelf saying mm. what it was, and then it wasn't there, and I thought, nah, I'm not going to chase it down. But the good news is, as you let me know, is that um, HMV um, let you buy it online. So mine is on its way from mine. Yeah, that's that's really good, isn't it? Because it means you yep. don't have to sort of get up and, and queue outside a shop at, at silly o'clock, especially because this one's been released on a Friday, which not as easy to get somewhere, uh, you know, when you've got to be at work in the morning. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the normal music industry release schedule now. It used to be Mondays mm. for like years and years and years and years. Um, but they switched it to Fridays a few years ago um, just to get that weekend spike. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, uh, I just, you know, HMV's struggled quite a lot recently. Mm-hmm. They're on the Twice, and they came back, and um, you know, supporting them is uh, is really important. I think if we if we like our releases and we like choice, so, um, yeah. But uh, ordered online, probably probably to walk down the road. Yeah, I'm hoping hoping mine arrives tomorrow as well. Yeah, just think what you're yeah. saying there. I wonder if there is something in that color idea because the the Zygon one that came out was orange wasn't it which is um, Sainsbury's their their kind of uh, logos are all orange as well aren't they I, I think if that if that's the main marketing strategy then we are we are in trouble but um, yeah no, <laughs> it, it, uh, it's a good coincidence uh, good, uh, way, way of choosing retailer but, um, no it's like look I mean one day Big Finish will probably um, scale back CD, I mean they are scaling back CD releases a little bit aren't they but, and I think um and they've done the right thing with uh, the legacy of time is that they did the, the insanely beautiful box set and mm-hmm. it's sold out now, probably, you know, a few weeks after release versus the light at the end, which they still have stock of. Um, and uh, they've gone to like a standard dual case for the um, legacy of time. Yeah. So uh, we just, you know, we just, uh, we, you know, we, we finish shouldn't be st- sort of sitting on piles and piles of stock. Um, so they've managed that uh, in the right way. Yeah, this is something David Richardson was talking about the big finish day that we both attended last year, wasn't it? That they've got a huge amount of warehouse space taken yeah. up by um, by these uh, CDs. But they had a really good sale a couple of weeks ago, and if you saw that, they had a lot of CDs that was sort of ninety nine p one ninety nine. So uh, yeah, I bought a few things from that. Cool. Yeah, one thing that was really good, I got the the Treasure Island that Tom Baker did. Um, oh, really? I think it was sort of one ninety nine because I loved that book when I was a kid, and I've been meaning to reread it. Um, and I thought well, this would be great because it's Tom Baker sort of reading and performing it. And I got an email to say oh, we're refunding you the money because we'd sold out and we didn't take it down off the website in time. So I was thinking, oh, that's a shame. But then when I read down the email, they said, but we'll make it available on the app for you anyway. So I thought that was fantastic uh, customer service. Yeah, no, they are. I mean, they they they, they always have been. They, they we're we're you know insanely lucky to have them doing everything they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I just think the the physical strategy is a really good one. It's like you know vinyl 
you know, and it, it's taken them a few times, I think, to get the numbers right. Um, like the first few releases, you would you you would be a little bit of disappointment around. Um, and then I think have it certainly having HMV have it online means that you're you know you're pretty much guaranteed one if you, you order in, in time. But um, but they've got those treats, and then you've got the, the big deal box sets, um, and then they probably print it. You know, a good number of CDs, but they, they they shouldn't keep them going forever because you know they're a small business and they shouldn't sit on so much stock. And we you know we want them to keep to keep being there. Yeah. Um. But yes, little big finish. Yeah, they're they're absolutely fantastic, aren't they? Um, really, really probably help to keep the show going in the uh, in the wilderness years, and uh, you know, made sure that there was a core audience. Uh, ready for when Doctor Who came back? Yeah. Um, and yeah. by all accounts, we've got Russell T. Davis to thank for them continuing with the license when Doctor Who was coming back. I think uh, there was an interview with him where he said, uh, you know, one of the other, um, I can't remember the guy's name now, he was one of the other exec producers. Is it Mal Young or something like that when it was coming back? Um, and he sort of got wind of it and thought, oh, what's this? And Russell Davis just sort of stepped in and said, oh, I'll take care of that. Don't worry about it because he felt that this other guy would probably. Uh, remove the license from Big Finish so that they just had a clear run at all the merchandise and spin-offs of uh, themselves. No, I mean, absolutely, absolutely the right call. No, no doubt about it. Um, uh, and I'd, I'd heard that as well, that he'd um, stepped in and, um, uh, you know, was managing it. And, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I think lots of us are perhaps hoping for Matt Smith to join and Peter Capaldi to join. I mean, Peter's got to join. Surely, you know. Um, You'd think uh, so, yeah. He's because he, he's he's such a huge fan himself. He's got loads of time for the fans. You know, even now, there's all these great stories about. You know, you'll do little recordings on phones for people, only for you know for fans, and uh, it just seems like he's 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 committed to the show. Uh, you know, for life, he understands what it means. Once you're the doctor, you're always the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, and I think I said last time we spoke is um, the my continued sort of appreciation for the Capaldi era continues to rise um, on rewatches. Mm. Um, there's just there's so many spectacular highlights. There's so, you know there's some you know not so good episodes as well. Yeah, but, it's it's my favourite era of the new series of the the rebooted series. I think, I think it might be. I mean, I love, yeah. I love series four, but it has an era. Interesting. Yeah, well, they re-recorded all the music for, with Richard Hartley because I love the Mind Warp music, um, mm. and it it never never got released because it, it you know got gone missing, and they got to re-record it. I think that's amazing. That better be exactly the same. Yeah, that's brilliant. I didn't know that. That's cool. So you're saying you're a particular fan of Series Four, so um, David Tennant and yeah. um, Catherine Tate particular good pairing for you? I, I think so. I mean, it, it's, it's more the, um, the, you know, the stories in that series, the, the last three episodes, mm. uh, particularly, um, that, that really do it for me. But I think it's a great pairing. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a comedy act for sure. Um, 
I mean, there's more to it than that, of course. Um, but uh, it, you know, I think uh, you know she was in it for just the right amount of time for someone that again was he was and is very uh, has a great career mm. um, and spending her time doing something doing Doctor Who and that she still does the audience. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I, I love that series as well. Um, some brilliant stories, and, and like you say, their comic timing together uh, and chemistry is fantastic. Uh, I think Death and the Queen really reminds me a lot of the, the, the sort of highlights of, of their time together. Um, obviously, a really famous one is in uh, the, the first the first episode of series four, which is yeah. called. It's gone out of my uh-huh. head. The strange blobby creatures made of fat and opposed things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why, why can't I remember that? It's crazy. It's the, one, it's the one with Thingy from Coronation Street. Oh, no. Yeah, Sarah Lancaster. Lanc- Sarah Lancashire. Yeah. It's Doctor Who and the Sarah Lancashire. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the one. Um, and the, the scene where they are communicating through the window with each other. Uh, and it cuts between them, and then you realise that the baddies in the room are just watching the whole thing unfold as well. Um, it's partners in crime. Partners, partners in, crime. in crime, of course. Partners in crime. Uh, I don't know why I couldn't think of that. I kept thinking Smith and Jones, but I knew that was wrong because that's, yeah. that's Martha. <laughs> um, and I felt like I felt like Death and the Queen had some great kind of sitcommy kind of moments yeah. like that. It, it opens uh, in, in media res um, where. You've got the the doctor and and Donna. Well, it, it opens the. I'll start from the beginning. I thought the the soundscape at the beginning is absolutely fantastic. The doctor like, is riding a horse through the countryside, uh, and it's immediately just with the hoof beats, the sounds of sort of sheep going by or the doctor going by sheep, splashing through puddles, things like that. You could immediately picture it just with sound effects, um, which is what Big Finish do brilliantly well. I, I completely agree with you. I think the first five minutes of this story are is the best part um, because it's this montage of uh, these great scenes where Donna has met Rudolph, Prince Rudolph, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the, the Doctor sort of turning up every so often going, well, you know, I'm not sure about this planet or whatever it was. You know, and it's um, it's it's done great. And it re- so, I mean, I guess the premise is that um, uh, they, they're in 1780. Mm-hmm. They, and I love the, the throwaway line that the doctor's saying, you, you know, trying to get the black ball because I wanted a donkey ride. Yeah. Again. You know, I uh, yeah. love that line. And then um, they're in 1780 in Monte Carlo, I think. Um, and uh, Donna meets uh, this prince, and there's this fast forward, this romance. Um, and then suddenly they end up in um, Gauritania, uh, where um, it's been peace for 500 years. Um, it, it's, um, I, I think the thing about this story is, um, A, it's written by James Goss, who I think is the, you know, the, 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 the comedy writer to go to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and does a really good job. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a romp again, isn't it? It's like taking all, all the, the comedy bits and distilling them, uh, and there's just some terrific lines in it. Um, I never thought I'd say this, but fancy quick trip right around my ramparts. Yeah, you know, this, <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking, is that Catherine Tate line? But no, I don't want to not discrediting um, James Goss anyway. But it just sounds so much like um, something she might come up 
Yeah, it's it's it, the, those bits where she the, the doctor has arrived in in Gauritania where she is preparing for her wedding and she's telling the doctor how great it is. She's going to be the queen. She's talking about the servants and everything like that. But then it's interspersed with these flashbacks of what's actually going on where she doesn't really have any power. She can't even eat when the prince isn't there. The queen mother hates her. Um, it's got that kind of really ironic uh, juxtaposition between what she's saying and what's happening, which is very like the runaway bride, isn't it? When she's describing her romance with Lance, I think was a yeah. the guy she was marrying in that. And she's talking about how romantic it was, but then you see her around the office and she's basically just kind of stalking him and hounding him. Uh, it had real echoes of that, but it was, yeah, really funny. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure I like the, the, the concept of Donna sort of just being reduced to someone that wants to get married. And I, I don't think, I don't really think it's trying to do that. Um, uh, or, or it's like, it doesn't happen every week, of course. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great fairy tale. It's a great concept. And it's got some uh, things behind it. But it's also, she, she's in it way more than the Doctor, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got more lines. He, he's out of it for like 10 minutes in 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 the middle, I think. Um, uh, and it's really her almost being the Dr. Donna for a, for a while. Yeah, she gets she comes out of it really well, doesn't she? Because um, right from the start, when when she's showing the Doctor around, she's uh, she's trying to, you know, she's helped the sort of the, uh, the, the maids and things who they just spent all the day kind of sewing, but she's, she's teaching them to read and write and, and kind of useful practical oh, yeah. skills. <laughs> Getting them to read a Jackie Collins, I think. Oh yeah, that was that was brilliant. Yeah, um, reciting the dialogue from that. Yeah, <laughs> but the um, the woman who's been seduced, um, and but she murmurs in his ear, he's a rich capitalist pig or something like that, and then they think that's a term of endearment, so that's what they call <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> right. Yeah, and like you say, James Goss is is brilliant. The the his books, um, you know, based on them. Um, the, the Douglas Adams scripts and and then Scratchman, um, just some of my favourite Doctor Who books. Uh, uh, really, the, he captures the humour and the kind of the wit of that era so well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I met him. I think he, he was at the Target book signing. I think he signed just a bit there. Not that I, not that I'm misremembering or, or just forgetting about it. It wasn't that long ago, but um, I just remembered that I, I had met him. Yeah, very um, but uh, uh, you know, he does he does a lot for you know taking Douglas like to me taking a Douglas Adams Tom Baker thing uh, and expanding on it is like a dream job you know it's uh, yeah um, brilliant and you know what this made me think I would love a Tom and Donna story because that would be insane as well yeah yeah that would be brilliant uh, yeah because she's so good with this kind of material. Um, she just absolutely makes it sing, doesn't she? The uh, the, the way she, she can deliver the, the James Goss lines. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so I was thinking the, the name of the country that um, that they find themselves in, uh, Goritania, seems to uh, echo Ruritania from The Prisoner of Zender. Uh, okay. Take your word for that. Yeah. Um, well, the thing... Yeah. When I, when I was kind of younger, the only thing I knew about The Prisoner of Zender was that um, the Androids of Tara was based on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and well, I just thought... It's the other way around. It's the other way around. 
so that that was the only context I knew it in. And then um, I finally read it a few years ago. Um, I got this kind of really nice set of paperbacks that were all like kind of boys' own adventures. So it was The Prisoner of Zender and the sequel, um, Rupert of Hensau. And it had like 39 steps in it and um, Treasure Island and all these all these great books. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And I thought, I wish I'd read this book when I was younger because I know I would have loved it at any age, you know. Um, so it's, it's a great story and it, it is kind of like the, um, the, the androids of tower away, you know, it's kind of mistaken identity and it's about princes and stuff like that. Um, but I was, I was sort of checking earlier today when I was thinking, I was sure it was, the name was Ruritania from the prisoner of Zender. Um, but what I didn't realize is that it's one of those things that sort of seeped into culture, you know, the way like sort of, um, Big Brother and Room 101 have from the 1984 novel. Um, and Ruritania is actually used as um, a placeholder name. So when people are drafting laws and things like that, um, if they just need like the name of any country, that they use Ruritania. Okay. Um, and then, and you know, you can get in these kind of Wikipedia rabbit holes. <laughs> so then you, you click on another link. And I didn't realize that Ruritanian romance is a genre of literature um, where you set a play or a film in a fictional country, which is basically some, set somewhere in Central or Eastern Europe. Um, and you set a kind of a swashbuckling adventure novel or a romance novel there. Um, so I guess kind of because the other the book I really love, which is in that vein, is The Princess Bride. Um, William Goldman's book, which obviously turned into a really famous film as well. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's very much in that um, in that kind of vein. This story, isn't it? So it's set in, in Guritania, which has a brilliant explanation for for nobody having heard of it, is because it's got a perception filter around it, um, yeah. which is uh, another great Russell T Davis innovation in the series, which um, which crops up again and again. Which means that nobody really knows where it is. It's hard to find, um, and as you were saying they've experienced 500 years of peace yeah and I think the um, I don't think it's trying to say too, anything too serious but it does I think it does sort of talk a little bit about you know flags protecting you and is that a sort of like a like a little bigger nationalism or something I don't know but it, it's um, I kind of read it a little bit like that perhaps because of the, the climate at the moment but um, mm. I was just I was just um I think I'm probably overthinking it, but um, no, I found it a really um, uh, the 60 minutes goes by really quickly. Um, it, it's you know I was expecting two 30 minute episodes actually, but um, I realised obviously they, they didn't split it. But uh, it, it, it I think the the wine the, the bit at the end's a little bit slow to wrap up. But I think um, there's it, it's just great comedy. It's worth it for that alone. Some of the lines, I, I'm not going to say any more of them. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, the, and the, the quick pace of the whole thing, and Alice Krieger as um, the bull queen mother, uh, it is given a much sort of light light uh, role than she has in, in previous things I've seen her heard her in. Um, she was in Baker one, so no, uh, Phantom Depths, I think. Um, um, uh, uh, but she's uh, she's very different in this one. I think she's enjoying herself. Um, yeah, she's she's brilliant, isn't she? Um, yeah, when I, I looked her up, and um, I I have seen is it Star Trek First Contact? 
Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. my only real experience of Star Trek is watching the. Uh, I mean, I've seen all the kind of the movies, but the the Next Generation was the only thing I watched sort of semi regularly, uh, and then I saw some of the movies. But yeah, that is a really memorable one. I think um, having the uh, having her as the Borg Queen, she's uh, yeah. she's very very yeah, striking character, isn't she? Yeah, she is. I think that's one of the best Star Trek films that they did. Um, and yeah, no, she's she's very very well known for that. Um, but uh, I know she's. She was like, what, over here? Or they did it, um, they recorded her in LA or something. I don't know. I haven't looked at where uh, she was or they come in. And I haven't actually listened to the, did you listen to the extras? I, I haven't done this time. I think probably I did when, because uh, this story originally came out in 2016 for the um, the first work I think that David Tennant did for Big Finish, the 10th Doctor Adventures Volume 1, of which is sort of one of three stories. Probably listened to it then, but I, I haven't again. Uh, but yeah, she seems like quite a big name signing, doesn't she, for uh, for this? Uh, it's you know a name that a lot of people have heard of. Yeah, and that's, uh, the, the big name thing that I still um, I need to is Eric Roberts. I still have not gone and listened to the um, the River Song that he's in. Yeah. It's a River Song. One. It is, yeah, with a Diary of River Song. That's, that's it. I mean, I think that's like a. I should do it. And B. Can we have more somehow? Anyway, it's a great um, story that one as well. Um, it's the okay. it's the, the that River Song set has got um, River Song with uh, Jeffrey Beaver's master Whoa. Eric Roberts, um, Derek Jacobi, and Michelle Gomez, um, each in four separate stories. Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's a great set. I'd recommend it. But I think Eric Roberts is coming back. I think I might be wrong. I might be r- wrong in this, but saying it might be the next Ravenous set. Oh, wow! Awesome. Um, which I, I love the Ravenous stories, and um, they've they've all been um, they've all been brilliant so far. I think just kind of uh, Dark Eyes and Doom Coalition and Ravenous, they've just got better and better and better. I mean, a bit of a digression, but they they've really given Paul McGann like the sort of deep, dark, you know, mind mind expanding stuff to do mm-hmm. and giving him box sets versus uh, you know the sort of monthly releases and giving them like art stories and all this stuff um, I love it yeah definitely he's, he's very very well served by them absolutely so yeah this story um, I recommend I think it's a good you know good 7 out of 10 at least uh, for the, the sort of comic nature of it the, uh, and as you were saying like the, so especially the first sort of five ten minutes really really cleverly done really cleverly done so I won't say much more than that yeah I, I think my only sort of uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it my, my couple of kind of points probably the the sort of the, the nature of it and the atmosphere where you've got the the sort of the the army of skeletons laying siege to the castle and then the sort of the grim reaper figure it could have been a bit more a bit maybe a bit darker and more atmospheric but David Tennant plays it very very light doesn't he um, which you know from TV he can he can you know bring much more serious kind of uh, you know doom laden delivery to his lines uh, but he, he's quite kind of um, the more glib, flippant tense doctor throughout this one, which uh, which offsets that a little bit. I agree. I think uh, I think 
it, it's good to not have that in, in, in everything. So it would just mm. be that, like a formula in being him and then suddenly sort of descending into like rants at enemies and things. Uh, it's just not needed because I think the, you know, the way it's resolved is, is pretty clever. The reveal is pretty interesting. It's not, it's not overly complex. Um, uh, and, um, you know, it's just like one of those great side adventures. So. Mm-hmm. The, the other but, slight confusion yeah. I had by the end of it was sort of who exactly knew about the, the pact and, and how often did they need to do it? Because it seemed like, at some points it seemed like everybody in Goratani knew about it. And then at some points it seemed like only the royal family knew about it. Because um, you feel like Hortense as a character, if she'd known, she would have told them. She would have told the Doctor and Donna. But then when they're talking about it later, she says, yeah, it doesn't really appeal uh, to, to most of the women in the kingdom to, uh, to want to marry the prince. Which makes you think, well, she she did know about it then. So yeah, that was the only kind of confusion that um, that I had at the end of it. But I am probably uh, <laughs> overthinking it a little bit because, like you say, yep. it is kind of a romp, isn't it? No, I think you've got you you've got more out of it than I did. You know, yeah. I, um, I I tend to have to listen a few times to, to get my head around everything. Um, uh, it, it's just the nature of audio for me. I'm just mm. uh, um, you know you're concentrating hard and. and also, kudos to you for like, like uh, listening to it while driving. It's like <laughs> I can't do cars like that. You know, do that with music. Um, uh, no, it's a good one. I think um, it's a you know it's a good release. Clear, clear vinyl, so no color, no swirl on this one. Um, mm. uh, clear vinyl, probably like. But I guess that's the mist of the thing that surrounds the castle. There you go. Quite, yeah, my That's my best contribution to this. Uh, um, that's, that's what they, they made it. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense if that's uh, yeah, because they they tend to have some kind of uh, some kind yeah. of rationale like that, don't they? Like the the last one, the uh, wave of destruction, it had kind of lines like it was like radio waves or something, didn't it? And then they say you got the green ones and the orange ones, which represent the the monsters in the in the different stories. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, the only thing I was going to say was the uh, the character of the Grim Reaper in it and the, the delivery of his lines very much reminded me of death in Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels. I don't know if you've ever read any of those. I haven't, but I was going to say the bad guy from the Armageddon factor, the shadow. Ah, uh, yeah. Just the, the the lines to me were a bit were a bit like that, and the voice treatment as well. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, there's. That is definitely a thing in the, in the Discord novels, isn't it? Yeah, death appears um, at least once in, in in every single novel, I think. And his voice is always described as just incredibly deep and leaden. But then his um, he says really funny lines in a in quite a deadpan way, um, in much the same way some of uh, some of the Grim Reaper's lines in this um, are really good. Um, yeah, just uh, just quite deadpan and not as uh, Kind of a bit more personality than you would normally expect from Death, which which I think is uh, is why it reminded me of the Pratchett stuff. You are overthinking it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but yeah, definitely a recommendation if uh, if you can uh, make it to an HMV today. If you haven't pre-ordered it, um, it's uh, it's a good buy. But it's also available from CD and download from Big Finish as well. So uh, we're talking about um, Vorp, which we've got in a couple of days' time on Sunday. 
Yes, that would be great. Some fantastic guests. Um, who are you looking to meet or hoping to meet? So, um, I think I would like to meet Mark Strickson and Wendy Padbury and uh, who else? Oh, yes, Don Leeson as well. I mean, whoever takes the fancy on the day, actually. And Annette Padlin's there as well. She's um, um, She was great uh, in Series 1. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually, yeah, no, they've just got this, you know, great balance of, um, of guests. Uh, and like, it's good to have Chris Chapman there. I think he's doing a presentation as well. Like a, a preview. Is that true? I think right. he's making up. Yeah, he's doing a panel. Yeah, that, that yeah, yeah he's on the yeah Vam uh, from the uh, from the DVDs and the and the, the Blu-ray set. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd like I'd really like to go to that one actually. He's um, he's yeah. a great presence on Twitter, isn't he? He's kind of um, really whets your appetite and builds anticipation for Blu-ray releases, and just seems like a really enthusiastic guy working on them. Well, while they were filming the the season 10 uh, Lenny special um, he tweeted saying oh I'm in this I'm at, here's the pub I'm in and the tide's coming in um, uh, and, I, and that's next door to my office and I was like what what you're next door um, <laughs> so they, they, put, they filmed all that all seen on the bench by the river outside my office and oh, uh, wow. I, looked, I looked at Twitter too late to go outside and, uh, and ruin it for them <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's going to be great. There are, there are some really good. I mean, look, you got that starting start, starting the day with Value Open Field and uh, the War Games at Christie. I love the War Games. Yeah, it's, me too. It's bloody brilliant. And uh, I think like Ghostlight for twenty, Black Magic with Mark Strickson. Just yeah, and the, actually, I must say the panels last year were great. Like mm-hmm. Peter Davis just came on um, and just was hilarious and riff and kind of went. Oh, I've just recorded a. Um, uh, an episode for Big Finish with with with, um, with Georgia. Oh mm. no, I wasn't supposed to say that, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. He's just not there, does he? But uh, uh, it was, um, yeah, re- really great panels. And you had to, you're always moving uh, between stuff. It was really packed, really high energy. Um, lots of, you know, lots of queuing uh, for, for stuff. But, but on, on, you know, and all the fans that you kind of know on Twitter, like all the best going and you know, great cosplays and, and it's, it's not like the LFCC things which were um, uh, just too much now I, I, I'm not doing LFCC again for a while because it's, it's just a it's just a signing machine it's not it's not as fun Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed the conventions that are more about panels than are about queuing for autographs and photographs um, so yeah. the big finish days um, and warp. Um, I think they're going to be two kind of mainstays of my uh, calendar going forward. Um, they, they've both been absolutely brilliant. And as you say, it's the people you meet. Obviously, we met last year at Vorp. Um, Pete Lambert, who was already kind of new on Twitter, but uh, but met for the first time. And that's the uh, that's the stuff that uh, you come away with that uh, that means something as that's well. It. That's the that's the uh, reason we do it. Yeah, it's great. We met you otherwise. So. Yeah, but we're in our little our little group now, so not allowed to meet anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> no, brilliant. That's it. Was I was saying last week with because uh, Denise is is also going to be there. 
um, which would uh, be great. We'll, we'll all meet her for the first time. Um, so if any of, uh, any of our listeners are going, it'd be really nice to say hello. Definitely. And cool. uh, yeah, it should be, should be a fantastic day. Who are you hoping to meet? Um, I think Mark Strickson is the, the, sort of the, uh, the sort of main cast person that's going that I haven't met before. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely try to meet him. Um, I've met John Leeson before. He's he's really good on panels and stuff like that. I got him to sign his his autobiography um, when I saw him at a Dimensions convention. They used to be absolutely fantastic conventions in the northeast, but uh, yeah. they they haven't been running for the last few years, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably Max Strickson would be uh, be my first choice of who to meet. But one of the things that sounds great there is this uh, this selfie corner idea. Uh, What's that? I think you make a charitable donation. I think it's a suggestion of sort of five pounds, um, and just at some point of the day, there'll always be somebody there. Um, and rather than the sort of the the professional photo shoots where you go and you stand against the background and, and pose with somebody, it is literally you just run up with your own phone um, and, and take a selfie with them, or get somebody else to take the selfie. Um, so it's just going to be kind of a very, very quick, uh, you know, you kind of um, shove your donation in a bucket and get a quick selfie with somebody, which I think is a, a great idea. All that money goes to charity as well. I, I think that that's really clever. I think that's um, exactly what, what you want. Just like, because A, it doesn't, there's no organizing that needs to be done. B, you don't need to pay a photographer. And C, um, it's it's just going to be interesting it's like who's going to be in that corner all the time I did not know that yeah uh, it's going to keep queuing to a minimum as well which you, you just don't want to spend your whole day doing that do you, you want to spend the time I think uh, watching the panels and socialising really this, the, that's the thing the, pa- the panels are so good I'm not sure when we're, we're going to have a break so mm. Um, yeah, that's the downside and then when you've got really difficult decisions to make about two panels that are scheduled against each other isn't it so Cool. Cool. Well, I will look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Me too. Thank you again for having me for this. No problem. Um, Thank you for making the time. Pleasure. Um, all right. Well, I'll see you on uh, see you on Sunday. See you on Sunday. Uh, where can our listeners find you on Twitter? Uh, Colin underscore Neil. N e a l. And you um, kind of big on Instagram as well, aren't you? I think. Uh, uh, not not so much actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's it's Twitter, but I'm not not massively not tweeting too much. Um, uh, but uh, it, it's a it's the, the doctor you've seen on Twitter is is very very fun. Yes, I won't say on certain occasions it's not, um, but uh, normally the you know the, it's mainly in the Mavellans at the moment. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's carrying on from his uh, his other other ones he did before. So, um, yeah, that's yeah, lovely to put on Twitter. Brilliant. So, um, thanks again, and I'll, I'll see you on Sunday. See you then, and thank you very much for listening at home. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.